Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. The weird and baffling mystery surrounding Sidney Rycroft, the British explorer, and the sacred black pearl of the Egyptian god Osiris, is taxing to the full even the powers of Superman. One phase of the problem was solved when, in our last episode, Clark Kent discovered that the real Sidney Rycroft is actually a woman, that the man who pretended to be Rycroft is an imposter. Unknown to Kent, back at his apartment, Tumbleweed Jones is in the power of the Egyptian fanatic Humi, who, pistol in hand, was about to force Tumbleweed to go with him to his hideout. However, our mystery took a strange twist just then, for as Humi and Tumbleweed were about to leave the apartment, the lamp on the table was suddenly smashed to bits. And out of the darkness came a whisper. Listen. Suffering Kyle. That voice. That whisper. Who are you? I'm bald, Winston. I'll drop your gun. Drop it. I reckon it's how you better drop it, Effendi. Yeah. This here is getting to be regular three-ring circus. For me, I've seen many a rodeo, but nothing can tie this for excitement. Whisper. Who are you? How come you to show up at just the right minute? Yeah, I kind of suspected that. Now, whisper. Maybe you tell me how come I've suddenly become so all-fired important to so many people. And that our closet there, there's another fellow that was holding me up before this here Oriental stepped in and held him up. And that other closet's my young friend Jimmy. I'd kind of like to let him loose. Open that closet door. With pleasure. Come on out, little laughing squirrel. Gee, thanks, Tumbleweed. Kind of stuffy in there. Hey, what's happened? What's going wrong with the light? Holy macro. What was that? I'll tell you later, Jim. Right now, I reckon we'd better do like the whisperer says. Uh, just one thing, though, whisperer. The way I figure this thing, there are two people, or two groups of people, that are sure all fired anxious to get their hands on me. And one group is Egyptian, and the other group appears to be American. Now, how come I'm so important? What have I got that they want? Yeah. Okay. I'll just snap on these lights overhead. And... Better do as the whisperer says, Tumbleweed. I reckon. Yeah, operator. Get me police headquarters right away. Uh, so, whisperer, you plan to turn me over to the police? Uh, there is an easier way. There is, I don't know it. Uh, uh, you may not know it, but... I know! Look out! The window! He's heading to the window! Oh, bad bump and bad bump! Where's that gun he dropped? Oh.
mean to say you... Hello, hello. Please, headquarters. Uh, just a minute, please. Well, what'll I tell him, Whisperer? A whisper. Looks like a whisper's gone, Tumbleweed. Go on, but... Hello, hello. This here a policeman I'm talking to? Well, now, looky here. This is Tumbleweed Jones talking. Yeah, who's kidding? That's my name. Now, listen. That dad burned his thorn is kind of tomfoolery going on up here, and I want you to cover up those... You say, Tumbleweed, that the police came up and took this man they called Sleepy Sam down to headquarters? That's right, Kent. Half an hour ago, this here apartment of yours was just filled with policemen. Never did see so many. Well, we sure had some excitement while you were down at the office. Gosh, Mr. Kent, ever since we met that Miss Rycroft, we've sure been in a mess. You're right about that. One thing I'm sure of at last, though, the girl, wherever she may be, is the real Sidney Rycroft. The man is nothing but an imposter. Then what are we waiting for? Get hold of that ornery Cayuse and find out why he was pretending to be the real Sidney Rycroft. Can't do it, Tumbleweed, till I find him. He checked out of his hotel without giving any forwarding address. But he'll turn up again. Don't you worry about that. No, sir. I ain't going to worry about it because I ain't going to be here. What do you mean, Tumbleweed? Kent, little laughing squirrel, old Tumbleweed's leaving you. I'm going back to the rain. Tumbleweed. Can't help it. I didn't want to tell you, but ever since I got here, I've been homesick. Haven't had a chance to shoot an arrow in days. Ain't ridden no horse. In this here mess about Miss Rycroft and the sacred black pearl and Egyptians and gangsters, I'm getting kind of tired of that, too. Now, you don't need me around here. I don't appear to have been no kind of help to you. So reckon as how I'll just mosey along back to Comanche Joe's ranch. Oh, gosh, Tumbleweed. I sure hate to see you go. That goes for me, too, Tumbleweed. Oh, all right, then. I'll tell you. That there whisperer told me that as long as I hung around here in my life and both of yours would be in danger. That means as long as I'm around you fellas, I'm only making trouble for you. So I'm going to remove myself from these here parts. I can't understand why they're after you, whoever they are. You've certainly done nothing. Mr. Kent, have you any idea why they'd want to get a hold of Tumbleweed? I, uh, no, Jim. I I haven't the slightest idea. Well, Tumbleweed, if you've really made up your mind about leaving, I'll get your train tickets right away. I ain't going by no train, Kent. What? I'm so all-fired anxious to get back to the ranch, I'm going to take a plane. Yes, sir. And the quicker I get up there among all them little fleecy clouds where everything's quiet... up at the office, I reckon. But he'll make it all right. Say, I wouldn't leave without saying goodbye to Kent. Well, here's my seat. Right over the wing. Now, ain't that nice? It sure is. I wish I was going with you, Tumbleweed. I wish you was too, son. But come summertime, you can come out and visit me at the ranch. Well, now, I reckon, how I'll just fill up this old pipe of mine and have a smoke before we take off. Oh, excuse me, sir. Uh, yes, ma'am? Smoking is not permitted while the plane is on the ground. However, there's some chewing gum in that little compartment to the right of you. Care to chew. Well, thank you, ma'am. I reckon I would. Seems how you've been so kind uh, here. Have some fun. Uh, well, thank you. Well, you're welcome, ma'am. Uh, have some chewing gum, Jim? Oh, no, thanks, Tumbleweed. Would you go ahead? Reckon how I will. <laughs> kind of small pieces to give you. Should have brought some chewing tobacco with me, and then I. Uh, something wrong? Why, Jim, son, looky here. There's something wrote inside the wrapper of this chewing gum. There is. Do not take this plane. Get off before it is too late. Can't sign the whisper. Suffering coyotes. 
Suppose that means anything, Tumbleweed? Plane taking off. All visitors must leave. Tumbleweed, what are you going to do about it? I don't know, Jim. I'm darn it. I don't want to get off in this plane. I want to get back to the ranch as quick as I can. What's that message from the whisperer? Oh, hang the whisperer. Hang this old Dan Byrne mystery. I'm going back to Comanche Jones Ranch where it's peaceful and quiet. And I'm going now. Time to leave, please. Plane taking off. Go on, Jim. Better pay move. Do like I tell you now. Move. Okay. So long, Okay, but why you pick me to cover a dog show in Eastchester? Yeah, I know. Okay, okay, I'll do it. Well, that doesn't beat anything I've ever seen. What's wrong, Ken? Oh, White gets me on the phone and talks for half an hour. I was supposed to see Tumbleweed Jones off at the airport. His plane left 15 minutes ago. Oh, well, can't be helped this far. Mr. Kent, Mr. Kent. Jimmy, I thought you were at the airport. How'd you get here so quickly? I took a taxi. Mr. Kent, something's wrong. I know it. What? Just before the plane took off, Tumbleweed got a message from the Whisperer. The Whisperer? He warned him to get off the plane that something would happen if he didn't. Well, did he get off? No, Mr. Kent. He said he... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hello, Clark Kent speaking. <laughs> well... Something, I don't know what, is going to happen to the plane Tumbleweed Jones. You sure? Yes. How do you know something is going to happen? Never mind that. I've done all I can, Kent. It's up to you now. Goodbye. And good luck. Who was it, Mr. Kent? No one you'd be interested in, Jim. I, uh, I've got to leave. i got a story to cover. But the plane, Mr. Kent, tumbleweed. Nothing to worry about. See you later. Oh, I've certainly never seen him act that way about a friend. Well, this is my starting place. The roof. I wish I knew what was going to happen to that plane so I could be prepared for it. I've got a feeling the whisperer, whoever he may be, knows what he's talking about, so I'd better follow that plane and keep an eye on it. Hope I'm not too late. Now to change to Superman, and then up, up, and away! What danger threatens our friend Tumbleweed in the plane? Will Superman be in time to save him from it? The mystery surrounding Miss Sidney Rycroft and the Black Pearl of Osiris is rapidly drawing to a close. Don't fail to hear the next exciting episode of our story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
Rewind. January 31st, 1941. The Black Pearl of Osiris 8. Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt. In this episode, the whisper sounded a little different to me, like he is sped up. And might I suggest for a 4D experience, listen to the episode's beginning in pitch black. Or just close your eyes. Warning. Do not close your eyes if you're driving. I don't need any death on my conscience. I thought the beginning of this one was really exciting. And I know it was because Tumbleweed was telling me it was. And Humi, when he just runs out through the window to make his escape, and with all the talk from the Whisperer, I don't think I was picking up everything he was laying down because, you know, it's a whisper plus the audio quality is not always the best. And so it's even harder sometimes if it's the whisper. But I was able to suss out pretty much everything that's going on, I believe, for the story. And so as I just skip along and talk about different points that I thought were interesting, moving on to the plane when... So Tumbleweed Jones, speaking of not wanting death on a conscience, and so Tumbleweed Jones can relate to that feeling, and he's going to head back to Comanche Joe's ranch, having been warned by the Whisperer that Clark and Jim's lives are in danger, and he's calling the plane a sky coyote, and he also was saying that the man claiming to be Sidney Rycroft's a or- an ornery coyote. And while he's on this plane, he wants to light his pipe, but he's told that smoking is not allowed on the plane while it's on the ground. So he is offered some chewing gum by the flight attendant, and he reciprocates her kindness by giving her some fudge. Lucky! And so she gets to enjoy that, and but while he's on this plane he's talking to Jim because Jim's going to say goodbye to him and he opens this gum wrapper and it warns him to get off the plane saying that something's you know going to happen and I wonder if it was Bazooka Joe because they have like had like fortunes I think at some point but anyway so I wonder if this flight attendant isn't somehow mixed up with is it the was it the Sydney Rycroft gal, possibly, dressed up? I don't know, because, I mean, she pointed him out to the gum. But anyway, he's not going to adhere to it, and he wants to just get back to the ranch. And so he's going to do that to not cause tr- more trouble than has already happened. And Clark missed seeing him off, and... He was, because apparently he was talking to Perry White for half an hour. And I've got to imagine Perry is used to Clark just leaving mid-conversation or getting the brush off. I mean, Clark probably something, he needs to probably snap into something as Superman and just leaves. Well, I'm probably thinking more, I mean, he's, he's going to need to get used to it anyway as we move into the future. And just thinking about 
Superman's history, I would definitely say Perry White eventually figures out his identity. And this is why Clark Kent is not fired. He doesn't ever tell Clark he knows, but I think he knows. Same way with Commissioner Gordon. I think Commissioner Gordon knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. And he can't act on that knowledge. So he never, you know, out and tells him he knows. Because as a, and you know, the commissioner, he would probably need to bring him down. Because technically, yeah, that's illegal. So Jimmy comes rushing into the office and lets Clark know about the rapper on the bubblegum that was warning Tumbleweed that something could happen to the plane, but that Tumbleweed took off anyway. And Clark also receives a phone call from the Whisperer letting him know that Tumbleweed's plane is in danger. What? I was thinking that the Whisperer was Clark because it was at Clark's apartment and it sounded like what I thought Bud Collier's whispering would sound like as an aside maybe that's why they sped it up this episode to sound less like bud collier i don't know or for the clark voice and then so anyway i think we could probably cross clark off so who does that leave for the identity of the whisperer probably charteris andrews aka the great gambini a.k.a. the fake Sidney Rycroft. At least that's what I'm going with. And is the genuine article Miss Sidney Rycroft in cahoots with the imposter Sidney Rycroft? Hmm. We leave off with a very exciting cliffhanger as Clark's going up to the roof and he's going to try to fly and catch up to the plane. So that also is going to end my commentary on the episode, but I did want to say outside the radio show on January 31st, 1941, that was the birth date of actress Jessica Walters. And she's done a lot of things, but probably what I know her best from would be Arrested Development. And I have it on good authority. That's a really great show. I watched the first, or I watched the pilot recently. I had watched the first season before, and I liked it. I don't know why I stopped watching it. Everything was so dramatic and flat It just makes me want to set myself on fire. As of this recording, Jessica Walters passed away fairly recently. But Arrested Development is a series that I would like to watch through. Also on this date, it was Robert Maxwell's 33rd birthday. And backing up... Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster sold their first story and the rights to the character to Detective Comics for $130. And the publisher of Detective Comics was Harry Donenfeld. But he, because Superman's popularity was proving to be so popular, you know, he's bleeding out of the comic books. He had gotten a newspaper strip in the dailies as well as a Sunday installment. And so he was forming a group called Superman Incorporated. And Robert Maxwell was invited into that group. He was a Pulp Fiction author that Harry liked his stories. 
And so I'm just going to read a little bit from Superman homepage. There's a, uh, some information I found about him. And I thought it would be easier to read it so I don't screw up my information. But, so here we go. Superman first flew onto the radio airwaves on Monday, 12 February, 1940, as a transcribed series for Hecker's H.O. Oates. DC's press agent Alan Duchovny and former Pulp Fiction author Robert Hofe Maxwell developed the new series. The two were quick to realize that Superman's popularity could be boosted by the vast radio audiences. In 1939, Maxwell and Duchovny prepared several sample audition discs to sell the idea to prospective sponsors, co-writing the first version of Superman's famous opening signature. Faster than an airplane. More powerful than a locomotive. Impervious to bullets. Up in the sky. Look! It's a giant bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman. A being no larger than an ordinary man, but possessed of powers and abilities never before realized on Earth. Able to leap into the air an eighth of a mile at a single bound. Hurl a 20-story building with ease. Race a high-powered bullet to its target. Lift tremendous weights and rend solid steel in his bare hands as though it were paper. Superman, a strange visitor from a distant planet. Champion of the oppressed, physical marvel extraordinary who has sworn to devote his existence on Earth to helping those in need. We had a lot of fun writing that opening, Duchovny once said. It was a typical radio action piece that fully utilized sound effects. And to pull off the dual well to pull off the dual roles of the Man of Steel and the mild mannered Clark Kent, a special actor was needed. Producers Bob Maxwell and Frank Chase found such a performer in Clayton Bud Collier. Ironically, the man who would eventually portray the Man of Tomorrow during three decades first refused to roll the, to the role when it was first offered to him. I really fought to unload it, recalled Collier later. It was a funny thing. I fought with Bob Maxwell, who owned the rights to the thing. The whole idea embarrassed me, so I said no. Maxwell tricked Collier into returning to the studio to record the second show, which featured the first on-air appearance of Superman. Bud Collier hadn't even wanted to audition for the role, but Bob Maxwell reassured the young radio star. He said, just audition and we'll use you all in some parts if it does go on the air, Collier recalled in 1966. Well, it did go on the air, and when I came in, he said, you're Superman. I again picked up the scripts, handed them to him, and tried to walk out of the studio and get out of the show. And then, so that's just a fun story I wanted to share because it's like, because of Bob Maxwell developing, half developing the series as well, I mean, he's one of the basically EPs, I guess, or developed the series with partners, of course, but he's instrumental in the Superman radio serial coming to pass. And so I thought his birthday should be recognized on this show. And also, he went on to probably, I think he wrote for the show, directed for the radio serial. And also, he would go on to produce the first season of the Adventures of Superman television show, 
when it came to TV, you know, with featuring George Reeves. So, happy birthday, Robert Maxwell. He would be a great guest to have on this show. That would be kind of hard because he has passed away. Who said that? Robert Maxwell passed away in 1971, so he will not be your guest. Oh. Well, that, so much for that idea. Um, I wanted him to be in the birthday program because we had Piper and Myra so far in the birthday program. But no Robert Maxwell. But the growing popularity of Superman with movies and animation and power records, I feel owe a debt to the Superman radio serial. And it sounds like Robert Maxwell was crucial in getting it off the ground, as well as landing Bud Collier to voice the role, convincing him to do it. And I've heard that Bud Collier actually didn't get credit in the beginning. He didn't want the credit. I mean, he probably wanted the money, but I don't think he actually needed a whole lot of money because he was doing other roles at the time. And I was actually listening to a book called Superman Flights of Fantasy by Michael J. Hade that was talking about the Superman radio serial and getting some of this information as well. It's cited in that Superman homepage article. But I'm going to not... Continue in with that book, at least for now, because the next chapter is 1942 through 1945. So I got to stop because I don't want to be spoiled on anything with this Superman radio serial. And since the last episode of Superman Radio Revisited, I have a down note. Ned Beatty has passed away, who played... Otis, the henchman in Superman the movie. So I thought, in memoriam, I would just play a clip from the movie. Bye-bye, California. (laughs) Hello, new West Coast, my West Coast. Costa del Ex, Lutherville, Marina del Ex, Otisburg. Otisburg? Where's Tess Montrick? She's got her own place. Otisburg? It's a little bitty place. Otisburg? Okay, I just wipe it off. That's all. It's a little town. Rest in peace, Ned. As I mentioned in the last episode, I've been listening to a podcast called Golden Age Superman, hosted by John Wilson. And he's been taking a month-by-month approach covering the early adventures of the Man of Steel, starting with his first appearance. And when he was talking about Superman number six... He talked about a story where Lois Lane received a blood transfusion from Superman, which puts her in that special club with Jimmy Olsen, or I guess Jimmy Olsen in that special club with Lois Lane, because she would have gotten it first, but of both having received, or both having Superman's blood coursing through their veins. In both cases, you know, it perked them right up, and they seemed to get feeling better in no time. And so 
any Silver Age wackiness, like I was saying with Jimmy Olsen, Turtle Boy, Elastic Lad, I mean, with Lois, if she gets powers, um, that could, may be attributed to that. Who knows? But I wasn't thinking of that story. I had read that story before, but I just wasn't thinking of it when I was covering the Howling Coyote storyline, so I thought I should mention it. And I'm going to play John Wilson's promo at the end of this show. As So, like, the thrilling adventures of Superman, which I played last time, and the Golden Age Superman podcast, they're both great resources for Golden Age Superman fans. As I realize, I'm not hitting a weekly release like I kind of thought I would. Maybe I'll get closer to it, but... So in the promo, he says that the Golden Age Superman is available on iTunes. Not the case. Hopefully it will be again. If it is, I'll give you a five-star review, John, if you do put it up. But uh, also the... Oh, I get it off an app called Podcast Addict. So I think I am... That's about... You need to end the show. Huh? End the show. Okay. Um, I was going to wrap it up anyway. So, thanks for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. If you'd like to send feedback, you can do so in a variety of ways. I have... On Twitter, I'm at Radio Superman. You could send a voice message to the Anchor app, which is free to download. And there's a Superman face or there's a Facebook group just called Superman Radio Revisited. I'm all about building a community and maybe to entice you. I'm probably gonna tweet and Facebook post a picture I saw. It's really cool, which is the Superman Incorporated group. And it has Robert Maxwell in the picture. I think he's all the way to the left. And that's... Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And was... Is copyright DC Comics. In this here mess about Miss Rycroft and the sacred black pearl and Egyptians and gangsters, I'm getting kind of tired of that, too. Hang in there, Tumbleweed. There's only three more installments of this storyline. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. Theme song is Now Raise the Gods by Man's Ear. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, I'm on Twitter, at Radio Superman. There is a Facebook group called Superman Radio Revisited, and you can send a voice message that I can play on the show through the Anchor app, which is free to download. I'm all about building a community of fans around the Superman radio serial, and to that end, I'm going to post a picture. Maybe that'll entice you. It's a picture I saw on 
just what the internet, but it's the Superman Incorporated group I was talking about and Bob Maxwell's all the way to the left, and it's a pretty cool picture. And I'll put that on Twitter and Facebook. I'll also post comic book covers from Action Comics or Superman or any Superman-related book that happens to be on the stands at the same time that these episodes were airing originally. End the show or I will end you. Okay, stop hurting me. Thank you and goodbye. You are cordially invited to attend a podcast that observes the unfolding events of history. Come with me and observe the birth and growth of a legend. From the pages of a 10-cent pulp comic book to the newspapers, radio program adventures, theatrical films, Legend.